Hi, I'm Crystal. And I'm Chris. We've been friends for 4,938 days. And this is Fiction Fan and Otherwise. A podcast where we bemoan the death of beautiful, beautiful men on screen. <laughs> so true, bestie. <laughs> so true. You'll notice there's something a little different happening with our audio quality today. I hope you noticed, at least. <laughs> I pray to the gods above that you notice. And that's because for the first time in this podcast's published history... In the published history, yeah. We are recording in the same place. Ah, it feels good. We do have one unpublished episode that we recorded... Two years before we ever started the podcast, which I think we did mention in episode one. I think we're going to sprinkle the mentioning of it in, you know, just throughout this podcast runtime, let's be real. But we recorded it for one of Crystal's classes, and that's sort of what inspired us to record going forward after that. If you want uh, to see that podcast, uh, just tell us to make a Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> in any case, we are near each other physically and in the same state even. For I'm the touching first Christiana right now. <laughs> Love the way that that came across. <laughs> yes. Anyway, um, we live several states apart. I won't say which states, but several states apart. But it's spring break, so we're together again at last. Finally. I brought my cats. Be beware of the screaming. Yeah, one of them is vocal, to say the least, and you may hear him at some point or at many points <laughs> throughout this <laughs> lovely program of ours. So, what are we talking about today, Chris? Today, we are talking about the upcoming final season of the Amazon Prime original show, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Okay, yes, the Amazon Prime original show, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't help it. Not only are we talking about the show, but we are talking about like our predictions for, for the final season. Yeah. As we're recording right now, the final season will premiere in about one month. So we thought it would be a good time to. We've rewatched most of the final season as our time today allowed us to, uh, including the final episode of last season. Mm hmm to get us sort of prepared for this conversation, but we mostly wanted to talk about, like, what we want out of the final season, what we think is going to happen, our feelings about the show, like, leading up to this point. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm mostly going to be talking about the arcs of the different characters, sort of where I think it's going to go. I feel like there's a couple different directions, and I want to talk about the difference between what I thought might happen the first time I watched the season versus my thoughts now that we just rewatched it, because they're different, and I'm so concerned. <laughs> um, we can maybe do a little bit of background, like our background with the show, maybe. Also, if you hear clinking throughout this episode, <laughs> we are sharing a bottle of Sparkle Teeny. The best alcohol on this month. <laughs> it's like $5 sparkling raspberry wine adjacent material that we bought at the Walmart. Uh, in any case, I started watching The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I think right after season one premiered. Mm -hmm. I was in, I believe it was my freshman year of college, I watched it all in one night in my dorm room, and then probably texted you immediately the next morning to say, yo, you have to check this out. I didn't watch it in that first moment, though. You got me to watch it at your house on your shitty no internet iPad. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. I made everyone watch the show. I made mom watch it with me. I made you watch it with me. I think we watched it, like, I didn't watch it until after season two had come out. We binged through the entire thing, and then I was like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> what yeah. do I do with myself now? And then we watched season three together because we were living together at the time. Mm -hmm. And then when season four came out, it was earlier this year, I believe, or maybe late last year. So we definitely watched it separately. But at about the same time, because we were texting each other. Oh, we had thoughts. We had many <laughs> thoughts. <sighs> so, do you want to talk about those thoughts? <laughs> 
How did you feel about season four? Okay, so the first time we watched it through, I think we were, like, still in the throes of the panini. And at the time, I was like, wow, they really didn't give us much. You know? I'm, I think I disagree with that sentiment now. Yeah. But it it wasn't as... I don't even know how, like, how I... To really explain how I was feeling the first time um, we watched it, but it just didn't feel like I had been given as much as previous seasons had. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, I feel like my, my feelings when I first watched it very much were that it felt sort of, apart from the final episode, I guess, very anticlimactic. Like, mm-hmm. not a lot happened. Yeah, I think that, you know, we saw a lot of the setup for things. It also very clearly felt like, you know, they were doing a lot less than they usually do because they didn't have as much time to get the stuff that they needed to done. I mean, the the fi- like that season came out later than it was supposed to because of the pandemic. So yeah, there was like a lot going on there. I think now though, watching it again, I still like with what they had, and I I really enjoy it. Like I enjoy the story. I think that you know it is slower. But that's okay to me, knowing that the next season is going to be the last season. It gives us a little bit more time with these characters. Yeah, I think so too. And I think they did sort of set up some stuff that will be necessary, like, to the overall story. And also, like, develop some stuff that it may have otherwise moved too fast if it was a more, like, plot-heavy season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. So, let's start at the beginning. Let's talk about some smaller characters. Let's talk about May. I love May so I much. I absolutely adore her. She annoys the shit out of me in the best possible ways. <laughs> I can't, I'm trying to decide how much, like, if we should give any background on the characters we're referencing. Hmm. Like, because, frankly, I think this episode would be unlistenable if you haven't watched the show. That's true. And so if you haven't, you should. It's not a super long show. Yeah. You can watch it in a few days if you're so inclined, and you really should, because it's really, really well done. It is. Uh, but May is the new girlfriend of our main character's ex-husband. May, she's cool. She is, we think, allegedly related to the people who own the building that Joel's Button Club is. His Button Club is a comedy club. Not a comedy club. It's a club. Just a drinking club. Yeah, it's like a bar. But they club. have people acts that come on sometimes yes. and do comedy or sing or whatever. I mean, it is allegedly in that she won't admit it, but it's very obvious that those are her parents. Well, sure, but it's alleged. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, she admitted it in the final episode. Yeah, Not that, obliquely. Like, nobody kind of got it, but she she definitely talked about the fact that she comes from like family that owns a mahjong parlor. Parlor. There That's you the go. Word. Yeah. So she is. Trying to become a doctor, and she's coming from less than... She's coming from pretty sketchy roots, let's just say that. Yeah, well, her parents are obviously immigrants. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's pretty clear. They don't speak English very well. I think they understand it, but they don't speak it much. I thought that they, like, reveal that they do. Do they? Yeah. Definitely they understand it. I remember that reveal. But yeah, I mean, she seems to come from a pretty insular community. Mm -hmm. And her parents do run an illegal gambling establishment. Yeah. Uh, But she's really smart. And really, really committed to being a doctor. Yeah, and so she really has, like, her own goals, and for that, I kind of love her. The problem that I, like, have with May's character, the only real problem that I have with May's character, and it's a problem I think you're supposed to have, like, I think it's written in that way, is that she doesn't talk to Joel about anything substantial. Like, she doesn't talk to him about, like, her problems with meeting his family, which even though she meets his family, it's still under false pretenses. She has an abortion... Well, we don't know. We don't know. Okay. <laughs> I think we've gotten a little bit ahead of ourselves. 
I agree with you that they absolutely don't communicate enough. I think it's very obvious that she has some, like, vulnerability issues. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I do think that the biggest, like, her sort of character flaw is her inability to be honest with Joel. And it is revealed in season four that she is pregnant with his child. And it seems, like, when she brings this up, it's very obvious that she's afraid that this is going to interfere with her life goals of becoming a doctor. And that's totally understandable, because it's, like, what, 1960-something at this point? And And that's a reasonable thing to be afraid of. And she has mysteriously disappeared for a period of time right after that reveal. She went to Chicago, I believe it was, to interview for a residency position at a hospital. Yes. But she was gone for a long time, and we speculate, we talked about this when we were watching the season the first time, and again this time, we think that she probably had an abortion while she was out of the city. In my mind, I don't think that there's any other thing that could have happened. She is so career-oriented, and I think that's good for her. Like, I think that she, if she did do it, she made the right decision. She just didn't talk about it first, which is wrong. Yeah, it's, well, she and Joel are in a relationship that they seem very committed to. Mm -hmm. And if you're in a relationship like that, it's important for there to be communication. Ultimately, the choice is hers. He's very committed to it. She will not, like, he just assumes that she is because she's living with him. But she doesn't, like land one way or another anytime they have the conversation. That's true. She was willing to meet his parents, but then backed out because she got scared. And then she meets his parents and then lies to them about who she is. Yeah. And he does, like, Joel's so obviously the settled-down type. I mean, he went from one marriage to the secretary, who he, like, moved in with immediately and thought about marrying, to now May, who he is once again thinking about marrying. Like, he is so obviously a serial monogamist that he just assumes that everybody else is like that, too, I think. Yeah. But if she's in this relationship with him and she feels like she can't talk to him about this before going to do something like have an abortion, then obviously there's a disconnect in their relationship that seems unsalvageable. Yes. So, okay. That's May. Love her. Think that things are going to get weird with her at the beginning of next season. I think so too. I hope, I don't want Joel to flip out about it because I feel like that would be kind of like... If he flips out about it because of the lack of communication, fine. Yeah. If he flips out about it because of some sort of moral disagreement with abortion, then I will have a problem. I don't think he will. I don't think so either. I think, like, I, like, I don't, I think at this point the writers have done so much work to make Joel likable after everything that happened in season one. I don't think that they're going to, like, go back on that. Yeah. I think they're very clear about where they stand with Joel. And I think where they stand with Joel is somebody that we is kind of a will he, won't he, get back together with Mitch kind of situation. And that can only happen if the audience really likes him still. So I don't think that they're going to land on that side of things. I think that he's going to be really upset that he, she didn't talk to him about it. And I think that's going to be unsalvageable for him. Even though, like, his whole issue in the first place is that he wasn't talking to other people about his problems. But let's not get into that. And I do I do think that this will cause tension in their relationship. Because I feel like ultimately the way that they've been set up by the narrative is not a long-lasting relationship. Which, like, I feel... Because there's nothing stable. Yeah, exactly. And I have conflicted feelings about that because I do like May and I don't like the idea that she was introduced just as a throwaway sort of plot line. I don't think she was, though, because, like, her story, like, her motivations are so concrete. Yeah. They're so fleshed out. She wants to be a doctor. She's working against so many things to get there. And one of those things in this situation is her relationship with Joel because she is not in a situation where she wants to be that committed. And so she is allowed to develop her character further because of this relationship as well. I think so. I think you make a good point. I just, it's important to me that when they do, at this point, inevitably break up, 
that's not the last we see of her. Like, Midge's past boyfriends, like that one guy who was a doctor. They broke up, and that was kind of the end for us seeing him, but I feel like we've spent so much time with May that I would like to see her arc have a payoff. Like, I want her to become a doctor, and for us to know that she's I think she's going to get the residency in Chicago. I hope so. I, I think hope, she's going to leave. I hope she gets a satisfying conclusion in the narrative. Because mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes Midge and Joel's like romantic side situations just sort of like they happen. date, they blow up, and we never see them again. They just happen sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so can, are you cool with us moving on from May? Yes. Okay, I want to talk about probably both of our least favorite storylines in this previous season, which is the matchmaking storyline. Yes, with uh, Midge's mother has become sort of a career matchmaker uh, and is feuding with the other New York matchmakers. It's so stupid. It is silly. And the thing is, is that I like Rose's character and I like past arcs that we've gotten with her. Like when she left for Paris, I thought that was really interesting. I think her coming back arc was so poorly handled. I don't think that they can pay off anything with Rose. Yeah, they set up her and Abe to have like, they want us to believe simultaneously that their relationship is deeply dysfunctional and also very loving Mm -hmm. and I feel like they can't convince me either way because they've tried to play it so middle of the road. I think that this season does a lot of work for that. I just think that, let me explain why I think it works before I get into this a little bit more. I think that like Abe is getting out of his own head just like a little bit this season. I think that he's paying attention to the people around him a little bit more. Obviously he's still a very selfish man. That's how he will always be. But he is, like, listening to Rose a little bit, even if he has to get pushed there. Even if, like, somebody that he cares about a lot almost has to die for that to happen, he is still making changes in his own life, right? So I think that this season is sort of showing that there's, like, maybe a tiny arc happening with Abe. But in previous seasons, Rose's arcs are handled so indelicately. Like, she literally disappears to Paris, and nobody in her family realizes or notices, and that's a part of the whole thing, right? Then she's just so quick to come back. You know, she's like, I want to get this house, and Abe says no, and then she just doesn't push. And I know she, like, articulates this to um, to Midge at one point this season, where Midge is like, you can have everything that you want, and I can have everything that I want. And Rose tells her that she's not a fighter. But she clearly is, which is just like, is it that Rose doesn't understand her own character, or is it that none of the writers understand Rose? I think it could really go either way. I think that the writing of Rose was at its best when she was set up as an obvious sort of foil to Midge. Mm. Because, like, it's so many of the behaviors that we see from Midge in the first season of that, like, perfect housewife getting up after your husband has gone to sleep to, like, take off your makeup and do your, like, face masks and put your hair up or whatever. And then getting up before him to put your makeup on so he never sees you looking anything less than perfect. Like, that is so obviously learned from Rose. Like, we are told that in the text. I'm trying to decide why I don't like the matchmaking arc. You know, considering what you just said about her being, like, a foil to Midge and stuff like that. I think... Potentially, it's because it's so, so blatantly set up to just create conflict between her and Midge. But obviously, Rose has spent a lot of time trying to set people up in the past. And that's something that she thinks that she's good at. So, you know, okay, she has a passion. That's cool. But it's just so overt in this season in particular that it almost gets to a point where it's just kind of like, it just feels like it's being done. So she has a reason to want Midge to stop. 
And I feel like this matchmaking situation has moved away from her sort of set up as a foil with Midge. Mm-hmm. And I think it's okay for her to become a character outside of like that box that was drawn in the first couple of seasons. I mean, I love to see some character development. I think part of my problem with it also is that we've not seen her gain any ground in her feelings toward Midge's chosen career. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like she feels about it now the way she felt about it in season one, which is that she disapproves of it. And I feel like... And the matchmaking thing is, like, you're following your passion, and yet you're still, like, shitting all over your daughters. Yeah. And I feel like we keep getting these hints, like, these tiny moments where it's like they'll almost, they being her parents, almost become comfortable with it, or almost sort of understand why she's doing it, and then we go backwards again. And then we creep There's a little bit no forward. There's no consistency. Yeah. Because it'll be like, they'll have a moment where they're like, able to be, you know, kind of into it, and then it just all falls apart, and they're laughing at Sophie Lennon on the TV again. Yeah, that really bothers me, because I feel like it's obviously a device that they're using to inject more drama into Midge's personal life. Because mm-hmm. Midge always has to be the underdog. Yeah. Because that's the way that the narrative has set her up to be. And I feel like we're not going to get a payoff where they become comfortable with what she's doing until the very end of the season. And at that point, I feel like it will have been so long of this back and forth that it won't really be satisfying. No, I just, I can't imagine any sort of satisfying payoff at that point. I just, I can't imagine what the showrunners can do to make any sort of reconciliation between Midge and Rose. That makes sense. Yeah. Or feels satisfying because i feel like we almost got there when they i feel like this was maybe season two in the catskills for the summer Mm -hmm. and abe came to her set at one of the like nearby places uh and was horrified and they had like this tension on them the rest of the time that they were up there and then towards the end there was sort of a payoff for that because he was also dealing with some like stuff with what his son was doing for a living that he didn't know about and it seemed like if they had ended that arc with acceptance then it would have felt good and we Mm -hmm. could have moved on from there or at least acceptance from abe yes and then there could be conflict between abe and rose and it seemed like at that time he was moving towards sort of understanding what was going on with her Mm -hmm. because they saw her on the tv at the end of that season and she was so good yeah and that should have been the end of it of this portion of that arc because that like that moment felt so good when they were watching her on tv Mm -hmm. and she was killing so what do you think they're going to do with Rose next season? Because, like, obviously she's going to go to war with the matchmakers. Like, they made that very clear. I cannot figure out why I don't like that arc <laughs> at all. I just, it's so, like, I love Rose. I really, I, there's so many things about Rose that I think really bring a lot to the show. Yeah. I just, I think that I don't want to be spending so much time in her little war with her little matchmaker ladies. It's really not doing it for me. Do you think that's really going to be what she does next season? I think that's going to be part of it. I think... Ultimately, we will get to a place where she, where Rose and Abe accept Midge's career because I feel like that has been such a, like, that conflict has been such a through line of the show that they're going to have to tie that up. Mm-hmm. I don't, f- I feel like there's very few ways they could do it that I would feel particularly satisfied with. Yeah. But I feel like they will try. Uh, but I think that in some way, the matchmaker arc will probably factor into that. Maybe she'll really crash and burn. And Midge will have to bail her out, and they'll have some sort of moment of catharsis. So, yeah, like something during the war. <laughs> yeah. It's so dumb to think. <laughs> but, like, something will get really dire for Rose. Yeah. Where she can't just be up her own ass. She has to, like, actually look outside of herself. Okay, let's move on. Do we want to talk about Moish? Yeah, Joel's parents? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought that where we left Moish at the end of season four was really good. Like, that moment of, like, connection between him Him and and Abe. Abe? 
Oh my it was god. Like, actually really touching in a way that I wasn't expecting. It made me cry the first time we watched it. And then this time I it still just like touches my little heart. Joel's parents for so much of the show were set up as kind of they didn't feel like people the way that most of the other characters feel like real people. They felt like sort of caricatures. Yeah. They were com- comedic relief, basically. Yeah. But this didn't feel like it was out of character. No, it it, it was just really well done. It just gave them some depth finally, which I really appreciated. And even Surely having a moment where she told Abe, Abe, like, if she goes first, I will be here for you. Like, my heart. Yeah, that was, I think that the way that they were handled in the final episode was really well done. Because we have seen so little depth from them throughout the show. Much more so. I feel like they really do Shirley, like, they do her so dirty in so much of the show because (laughs) they just don't let her have any depth. Just because, like, it's hard to be around her. I think that they do a really good job of really, like... They are the the parent like the parents in law. I just can't really get comfortable with. But um, I feel like so many of the other characters in the show are afforded so much like interior lives. Yeah. In a way that Joel's parents have never been until this final season. Well most recent they, season. They got some time when um Rose and Abe moved in with them. But even then they were set up as sort of these impossible people to live with. I feel like they didn't get much depth in that. I mean, I guess that is fair. I think that this was really good for them. And Me I too. think that it was good in, in a particular way because they are still going to be the comedic relief in a lot of ways. But it's like, okay, so these are just quirky people who do have, like, real emotions and feelings. Like, this is their personality. Like, the comedic relief parts of them, that is them. It's yeah. that, you know, in a moment of distress, here is, like, how they deal with that. And it humanizes that. The way that we view them as an audience is also the way the other characters view them, as that sort of, like, larger-than-life characters. Like, they don't feel like real people. And I feel like we saw that with Abe in that moment where he was talking to Shirley, and she was so, like, genuinely upset and vulnerable with him, where he was like, wow, you do have feelings, and I have never afforded you, like, this space in my mind to realize that you're, like, a regular person. A regular person that I could maybe lean on to. Yeah, and relate to. Like, Mm -hmm. we have so much more in common than I gave you credit for. Because, let's be real, Abe is kind of the Shirley of his own family. Obviously, he's not, like, that intense, but he is the one who's impossible to live with. Yes. And so it was kind of nice seeing those two connect. I will say... Abe has a great relationship with both of them at this point, I would say, and Rose is kind of on the outside. Yeah, because she and Shirley have never really gotten along. Mm -hmm. They're friendly as sort of the grandmothers. But Rose has her own stuff going on. Yeah. Abe is actually, like, creating relationships finally, which I think is really good. I think that's really good, too, and I hope that this, like, increased depth to Moish and Shirley that we got in the last episode of season four will carry on into season five. I hope so, I don't so think too. we have to cut the comedy. Mm-hmm. Because they are, like, funny people, and their relationships within the family, like all of the family members in the Maisel Weissman clan, like, <laughs> there is a lot of comedy in their interactions, and I think that's fine to carry on. But I think that I like that they were afforded the same depth that a lot of the other characters get, and I hope that continues to be the case. I do, too. Okay, who next? I don't think we really have to worry about talking about the kids. No, because nothing will ever happen with them. (laughs) They're they're set dressing, which is fine. I don't really care about them, and I don't care to see more of them, And I think that it's very of the time. (laughs) Okay, so then, who next? Well, we want to save 
Susie, Midge, and Lenny for and Joel for the end. Do you what do we think is gonna happen with Imogen's character next season? Because like she's been weirdly around for like the last she two. She really has. <laughs> also, what's Imogen's husband's name? Oh, oh, I don't know. Joel's friend. <laughs> Joel's friend. What a power couple. Truly. <laughs> They're both so stupid. Bless them. Um, yeah, I mean, he's going to get big at the button club. And I think Imogen is, like, really putting on the pants. I think she should leave him. Really? I would love that for her because in season one, she was, like, the one that was most, one of the people most disturbed by Midge being, like, left by Joel. That's true. But we've seen sort of a growth toward independence from her where she has, like, developing an identity outside of being a wife. I don't know. She doesn't have to leave him. I feel like maybe I advocate for divorce too often in media. (laughs) But, like, I think that she should continue to develop her career and build some independence away from him. Maybe she becomes a journalist, like Abe. Yeah, I mean, she's, like, really getting into everything that Abe is doing. So why wouldn't she then, like, carry that further into the actual career? I think that would be really good for her. I think so, too. Do you think that she's going to actually, like, make it? In the next season, do you think we're going to get that much time with her? Because she could end up writing about Midge. That's true. That would be really fun. Um, I don't know if we'll get that much from her, because, like, she's... She's kind of tertiary. Yeah. We see her with Abe, but otherwise we don't really spend much time with her. And we only see Abe sometimes. Yeah. But maybe she'll decide on the career, like, that's her end-of-the-season moment, where she's Mm -hmm. like, actually, I'm going to be a journalist, or something along those lines. An anarchist. Yeah, A communist. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anything that Abe is like pushing for real maybe he'll finally learn her name too I mean she, he loves her he does but he does not know her name but like honestly those things are just not important to him no I know that they're important to other people and like you should hold people to that kind of a standard it's a miracle he knows his children's names yeah he like he values people for sort of their competence and he she is very competent and he likes that about her and so I mean he likes her more than Mitch at this point <laughs> if we're gonna be real with ourselves so who else do we need to like get out of our oh Sophie Lennon Sophie, I don't even know. I feel like Sophie's going to stick with her show, um, and we may not see much more of her. I don't know. She always seems to turn up once an episode or once a season or so, mm-hmm. like a bad penny. We saw her a few times this season. She's going to say something to Midge that's going to drive her up a wall, and then she, like Midge is going to end up stripping naked somewhere. And <laughs> that'll be the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we've either... there. I feel like the two options are Sophie stays basically exactly where she is, or she crashes and burns and we never hear from her again. Yeah, I don't think she's going to crash and burn. I think that Sophie is supposed to be the prototype to prove that Susie can do what she's doing. Yeah, that's fair. And I feel like Susie's stuff is going to take off, which we're going to talk about more later. Mm -hmm. But I feel like Sophie crashing and burning would be like sort of antithetical to that. Exactly. And so it won't happen. Exactly. So I think Sophie's just going to do well. I think she's going to try to maybe take up more of Susie's time, but Susie has other clients. We'll get into that too. So I don't know. Like she could be around. She could not be. I don't think it's going to make or break the plot though. Well then, I guess that means that we have to start working our way up. The big four. The big four. Do we start with Lenny? Really? I think we have to start with Lenny. Okay, so for anyone who was under a rock during this previous season, uh, Midge and Lenny fucked, and it was glorious! Finally! Oh my god, finally. It it took them how long? So, But it was like, honestly, it was so perfectly paced at the same time. Like, by yeah. the time we finally got there, it was like... It was the perfect moment. good. So, they had sex, which means that, like, the one thing that was keeping him from... Okay, if you are familiar at all with, like, 
the history of American media. Lenny <laughs> Bruce is a real man. He was a real guy, and he did die for real, like in real life, of young. Drug related things. And we see right after they sleep together in the final season, Midge comes across like a bag in his bathroom that's implied to be some drug, I think heroin. Yeah, there's little glass vials and needles. Uh, Lenny Bruce, in real life, died in 1966 of uh, morphine poisoning caused by an overdose. I was going to say it looked like morphine bottles, but then I was like, I don't know shit about shit. <laughs> I thought it was heroin, but, uh, you know, it's an intravenous drug. Yeah. The show timeline is a little wonky. But that's okay. They're not just... super clear on what the year is a lot of times. I think... It's alternative history. No, that's true. But we are in the early 1960s. He died in 1966. So, however way you slice it, we are running right up around the time when he would have died. And I think it's not unlikely that they will move that timeline up slightly to fit the show. So, the big question here, essentially, is do we think Lenny Bruce is going to die within the show? And I think he is. I also think that he is. So, my first theory about Lenny Bruce, after watching the season for the first time, was that they're going to do something that they have previously done. And they're going to have a, a time skip, and he's going to have died in that time period before the season starts. I don't know if, like, I still agree with that one. I think they might kill him in the show, make it real dramatic. Midge will be around somehow. I don't know if she will see him die. No, but, like, right before it. Like, he, she, yeah. they will have a conversation. He'll be kind of normal. She won't even expect it. And then the next day she's going to find out that he overdosed. Yeah, I think that that's very likely. So, if, for anyone else who has not seen anything about this show, which you should have at this point, let's be real, they have a conversation, um, right, and the last time she talks to him, um, he's- In season four. In season four. He has just performed in Carnegie Hall. He has done something that I'm pretty sure was one of his goals for a very, very long time. Yeah. Um, and Midge came to watch- and she's been kind of a jackass, um, where she has not been taking on any gigs where she is not the headliner. He finds this out, and he gives this, like, magnificent speech about, like, how heartbroken he will be if she misses her window of opportunity because she was too high and mighty to take the chances given to her when they were given to her. That's why I thought he might die in the intervening, like, intervening time. Between the seasons. Because, like, that's the last thing he says to her that hits hard. If the last thing he ever says to her is, if you blow this, you will break my fucking heart and they never speak again, that would be so devastating in a way that would be very pleasing to me. I love to suffer. But I think that the show is gonna know that it's been kind of a minute since the last season. So I think they might have another interaction next season. Yeah. But I, I think, think it's going to be, like, right before. Yeah, I don't think we'll see much of him. I feel like he's going to die fairly early on. I feel like his death will be part of what spurs her on to, like, really buckling down and getting the work done. I'm going to say it. It's either going to be between seasons or it's going to be, like, episode two. I don't think they're going to kill him off in the first episode. No, probably not. But I think the first episode is going to be rough. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Anything else about Lenny? No, I guess not. I feel like, because really the only question left with Lenny is, will he die? And we both think that he will. Yeah, we both do. And if he doesn't, wow. That would be, I think that would be a really weird choice. Not, I feel like they could pull it off, but I think it would be really weird. I just, like, I don't think that they showed us the bag of drugs. For nothing. Yeah. 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 That, that was purposeful. Okay. So moving on up, Susie. 
So this is where all, everyone sort of is mixed up together. Yeah. <laughs> the final three, like, their shit is so intertwined. Because there's both, I mean, Joel and Susie are the characters most strongly tied to Midge. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of impossible to talk about them without also talking about her. So we'll get into it a little bit here. I think Susie's going to make it fucking big. Yeah, so in season four, we've really seen Susie develop as a manager of, like, talent. She got the magician guy whose name escapes me. She got the other comedian guy whose name also escapes <laughs> me. She has Sophie Lennon back on top, or at least moving towards the top once again. I mean, Sophie has her own show. Yeah. And that's Susie's goddamn fault. Yeah, because, like, I mean, Sophie was, I mean, at the bottom of the bottom. Everyone that worked for her had left her. She was in a mental institution, and she was like, you are still my manager. Fucking work this out. And Susie did it. She did. Because she's a great fucking manager. And once again, I'm going to be out here with the the time jump idea. At the very least, if if money does not die in a time jump, I still strongly believe that there is going to be a time jump. And I think that Susie and Midge will not be on speaking terms with each other because I think Susie is finally going to buck up and say no to Midge and actually start working with the other talent that she has around her. Yeah, because so much of this season has been Midge really fucking Susie over due to her morals. And some of those I agree with, like not taking the money from Shy Baldwin's people. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I think that that was the right move because that was bullshit. But that was the first straw for Susie. Yeah, absolutely. Because that money would have been life-changing to Susie. Yes. And then, like, refusing all the gigs that would have meant a lot for Susie's business, as well as Midge's stardom, which is really important to Susie, Mm -hmm. to feel that she's been successful in managing her first client and her friends. And so, I mean, we see, like, that slow poison, yes, develop between them in their relationship throughout the season. And in the final episode, it feels like we're getting really close to a boiling point when she turns down the gig headlining at the Copa that Lenny got Midge. It's a fucking sold-out Copa show. And a run, too. Not one night. Like, a run. So, that's the thing, right? That's what makes me think, like, okay, it would be great TV to see them, like, yelling at each other on screen, but I think it would be even better to see Midge just fucking down. You know what I think could happen? We may open the first episode with the fight and then do a time skip. That Because they love to show a fight. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? Is it's like they love the, the TV of it all, like the dramatics of it all, right? So it's like, okay, the fight, and then we jump forward like three years, Susie's on top with whoever she's working with now, and Midge is still fucking working at a strip club, if that. Okay, but Susie has some other sort of un... Like, loose strings. Yeah, Susie's involved with those mobster guys that helped her get her office space slash apartment after her former roommate slash business partner died. Yeah. Jackie. Yeah. And she has admitted on screen that she owes them one. Yeah, She said they want a quote-unquote taste, which implies some level of, like, you know, we'll get 5% or whatever of your earnings. But she also said that she, they did her a favor, she owes them a favor. And they are hanging around. They are hanging around, and they're upset with the fact that Midge has been absolutely fucking up her career. Though, they act as if it's like, uh, okay, Midge, you're a part of Susie's family, we're Susie's family, so we're family kind of thing. But, like, the way they say it is in that way that, like, mobsters are your family. (laughs) Yes. And that they will constantly be asking you for money. And that there will be consequences if she keeps fucking up. I think what's most likely to happen is that they're going to pressure Susie to drop her. Do you think that the first episode is just going to be, like, an in-media res, like, just one fuck-up after another? Like, you have the 
the mobsters who are just like, you're going to drop her, and then Susie drops her. And, like, so, like, the whole first episode is sort of, like, one, like, one pin going down after another until, like, everything Mitch has is gone. I think season, I mean, episode one of the final season may be Midge's rock bottom. Because, like, we need to see it. At the beginning of this conversation, I was pretty on team, like, okay, they'll jump it, and then we'll just see Midge, like, there. But honestly, I think that we might just take her all the way down. Like, that first episode is just gonna be just taking one thing away from her after another. Sort of how we ended the first episode of season one, Mm -hmm. like, with her in jail. Yeah. Like, we followed her from, like, housewife with two kids, has it all, to... Let her husband left her, and she's drunk in jail. Yeah, <laughs> after getting arrested on obscenity charges at a nightclub. You're talking about episode one of the first season. Yeah, like we followed her all the way down. I think we may follow her all the way down again. I think that would be like really good parallel right there. Honestly, I think that would like honestly be great cinema. Do you think we're finally going to get confirmation about whether or not Susie is gay? I don't think that's important to the story. It's just, when they went to the gay bar in this season... She was so upset. And it was such a weird thing to include for nothing. I think that that was the point. Is that, like, it doesn't matter if she's gay or straight. It doesn't matter because she wants this so fucking bad. That her, like, sexuality doesn't factor into anything. Like, she doesn't care about relationships. She doesn't care about her sexuality. That is not important to her right now. She wants this so bad that there's nothing else. I feel like that's that scene was sort of pointless. (laughs) I don't think so. I think that it, like, sort of gives the audience the confirmation that there is something that, like, everybody kind of gets about Susie. But, like, it also is just, like, to me, it, it does have a point in that to Susie, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, yeah, I could be sleeping with women, but what will that do for me when I'm trying to get you, like, in Carnegie Hall? Yeah, no, that's fair. I just, I don't know. I'm sort of sick of, like, fucking every character on the face of the planet existing in limbo space. Mm. Like, either tell us or don't mention it. No, see, like, I get what you're saying. You know, I think that... Yes, in the culture that we're in right now, I think that it is important to make it clear, and I, because representation is so fucking important, but I also think that for Susie's character, like, it is a good choice not to make it clear. I don't think she needs to be in a relationship. I just, I'm sick of showrunners living in the middle of the road. I, like, I get what you're saying. I really, really do. I just think that, like, it makes sense for her character. Like, it makes sense that she wouldn't, like, care about the road at all. Yeah. But it is frustrating. It's just that, like, we have one textual queer character, which is Shy Baldwin, mm-hmm. who is miserable. But no, he is, like, his life is completely out of his control. He can't be with the people he loves, like, his band and his best friend. And he's being... married to a woman he doesn't, like, hardly knows. And he's being controlled by a group of white men. Yes, like, his PR team is entirely white guys. And they're running his life and mm-hmm. dictating who he can see. Yeah. And that sucks. And it's pretty heavily implied that that's not going to get better for him. So how do you want them to, like, fix these kind of things and still kind of be period accurate? And I know that it's, like, so shitty to be like, oh, like, it's period accurate, so that's why we wrote these characters this way. Like, that's not really an excuse to make characters miserable. I don't think Susie is miserable because of her sexuality. No, I absolutely don't think she is. But I think that if you were going to have a queer character who is miserable, partially because they're queer, mm. like, we should at least get one character who is queer and winning. <laughs> like, I just don't know how to handle that with Susie. How would they confirm it? It could be something offhand. I mean, I don't... But I also think that it, like, once again, with that period accurate shit where it's just kind of like... Mm. 
Right. But Shia Baldwin is textually queer. Like, it's possible. No, no, I know. It's just that, like, Susie doesn't want people to know about it. Like, Susie isn't trying to, like, make that, like, statement at all. No, but they don't, she doesn't have to tell someone else to tell us. Mm -hmm. We're not in the show. No, I know. I mean, I'm not going to be, like, unsatisfied with the show if we don't get confirmation. I just think it would be nice. I have no idea how they would do it, but I Me think... neither. <laughs> and I do agree that it would be better if they did nothing than to do something heavy-handed. Yeah. But I would, if they can pull off something, like, subtle but, like, textual, I would be... I would like that. Yeah. Okay. I think I get what you're saying. Okay. So then, just get some stuff out with Joel out of the way and then move on to Midge. So Joel's absolutely not going to marry May. Oh, absolutely not. He, they're engaged. That's an air quotes for anyone uh, who's wondering. I mean, he didn't propose. It's just that, like, three people have said, you're going to get married. And Joel's like, okay. And I mean, May's he like, was uh, one of those people. Yeah, okay. But he didn't propose to her. He no, was just like, he we'll was get just married. Like, we're just going to do it. And that's, that's part of the reason why they're not, it's not going to happen. Because neither of them can talk to each other. Exactly. Because he just thinks, oh, yeah, this is how it'll go. And May will not say, this is how I want my life to go. Yeah. Which is important. You can't just let people make assumptions. Even, that's the thing. Okay, so you can be, like, anti-Joel for that reason if you want to. But I think that he's doing it because he wants what's best for a child. He wants what's best for May because he wants to try to take care of her if he can. May does not want to be taken care of, but she will not tell him that. Though he should know. He yeah. should kind of know. I mean, he has such a type, and it's so obvious that the women he picks are not people that need to be taken care of. No. Midge is very naive. Yeah, I mean, she she sort of played the role for a while. But, like, even in the flashbacks of before they got married, you could tell she was a very different person before and after marriage. Yeah, and she has always seemed to know a lot what she's about. She was just for a long time seemed to be willing to make some concessions about it. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I think it just... There's so many communication, like, missteps between May and Joel that I think it really just won't work out. Yeah, do you think she got the abortion? I think she did. I think she did go to Chicago and get an abortion. I think she also got the job, and she's going to go there. Yeah. And that'll be the end of it. And I think uh, Joel's going to have a rough go of it for a minute, but also he has the button club, and I think that he's going to start paying more attention to that, I guess. One of my big things, I like Joel, okay? He was a shithead for the first season, and then he sort of got his shit together. And I think that people can make mistakes. And I feel like Kristen and I both agree that sometimes, like, stuff with cheating happens. Like, I don't think it's good. No. But I think that you can come back from it. I think so, too. And they've both grown so much since they've been apart. Oh, my God. And he cares so much about her. And she so obviously cares about him. And even in the hospital scene where, like, he's supposed to be having moments with May and shit, she was the one who was there for him first. And it's just, I don't know. It's just the way that they have, like, such a comfortable sort of camaraderie, I guess. Yeah. And the way that we keep coming back to the diner with them. Mm-hmm. And their seat, their table. They always sit at the, the same table and if you don't know what episode we're talking about they they do it in this most recent season but in the first season we see she and joel have just had issues really issues he cheated on her and she's sort of dealing with all of the backlash from that and she goes to this diner and we see her sit at this table and there's this whole flashback that plays of them you know going there the like right after they get married i think there's something about them going on dates there like i think that's where he proposed to her yeah and like they fucked in the bathroom on their wedding day <laughs> yes. like there was just like a lot of stuff in that diner and they they go there to talk about their children and just like life stuff not in like a way that's like oh we have to fi- like we're we're getting back together but but like 
That's where they go to talk to each other. Yeah. And so it still obviously means a lot to them. Yeah, I think that the fact that we see that diner, like, to this day, even when they go there to fight about their kids, or the fact that Joel's gonna have a baby out of wedlock, like, <laughs> that scene is so representative of, like, this through line of their relationship where they, like, cannot get rid of each other. I mean, like, they got divorced and then immediately got drunk and remarried in Vegas. <laughs> so, obviously, it's not a matter of if they get remarried, it's just, are they gonna, like, start sleeping together again, I guess? Or are they gonna be really married? Also, she moved back into their apartment. Apartment. The place where she found out he was cheating on her, their entire life exploded, but they had lived together and had two children there. And it's so obvious, I mean, throughout all the seasons, how much they still mean to each other. Like, when Susie first contacts him about Midge's money at the beginning of season four, the first thing he asks her is, why aren't you with Midge in Prague? Is she okay? Yeah. Like, what is going on with her? And he's so willing to drop everything to make sure that, like, the money stuff gets sorted. Yeah. And that she's okay. And he's so upset that she doesn't tell him that she bought, like, got the new apartment, like, got the apartment. Didn't ask him for help with the apartment and instead went to his father. Like, that is what I think really upsets him. At this point, he's sort of, like, rebuilding his reputation with her, but, but he cares so much. And when his father was hospitalized with his heart attack, Midge and her parents were the first people to show up. And she immediately, immediately pulled him out of the room to be like, one-on-one, are you okay? That's what I was saying, is that, like, Midge was there first. Obviously, I I think May was in Chicago, so. No, May, um, he left a message in Mandarin for May that was translated wrong, and so she went to the wrong place. That's fair. Okay. Midge was still there first, which I think thematically means something. I'm not making value judgments on May versus Midge, because Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a communication (laughs) failure, not that she's better for him than May. I'm not making value judgments. I'm making writing judgments. Yes, Why exactly. Why are the writers making Midge show up first? That is exactly, I agree with that 100%. And I think that is indicative that they will get back together in a more permanent way. I hope so. Just because I think that they work so well together. And also just think about this. He's running a nightclub. She's a comedian. <laughs> like, it would be perfect. We talk about Midge then. Yeah. Because I feel like Joel, whatever, we'll come back to him if we need to. Midge, right? Yeah, well, we end season four. She has the fight with Lenny. She leaves Carnegie Hall. She sees a billboard for a late night talk show, but when she first sees it, it says, go forward. Yeah, and it's actually for the whatever Ford show. Gordon Gordon Ford? Yeah, Gordon Ford show, which I think is also the show that got Sophie her break back. Yes. Um, Which means that uh, Susie has connections with them. Yes. And also, interestingly, one of the guys that works on that show is... uh, the actress for Midge's husband, which I think is funny. So they might actually interact on screen next season. Oh, you mean Jason Ralph? Jason Ralph, my beloved. But anyway, that says go forward, and mm-hmm. then the season ends. So I think that that's indicative of, like, the mind space And then the in. song, How to Get to Carnegie, Carnegie Hall, Hall plays, plays over the credits. So, obviously, the end of season four is saying her goal is to get to Carnegie Hall. What is she willing to give up to get there? Is she going to listen to Lenny Bruce and just, like, actually go ahead and take, like, gigs that she feels are beneath her, even though they're not? That's the thing. It's, like, the selfishness of Midge this season is really driving me up a fucking wall. Midge thinks that she's so good that she doesn't have to work. That if she just sticks to her plan and does only what she wants, that the perfect opportunity will fall on her lap and rocket her immediately to stardom. And that is so obviously not how it works. It's just that, like, you have to work. Lenny Bruce did not get to where he is 
without working for it. He yeah. played so many fucking shit-ass gigs just to get there. And he was arrested and convicted of obscenity charges. Like, and that is not what he wants for himself or for her. At the end of the season, I think that she's either going to end up in Carnegie Hall, like the end of this season seems to imply, or she's going to let go of these massive dreams, and we're going to see her potentially, like, playing at the Button Club. As, like, a fixture there. Yeah. And, like, that's her headlining act, and that's enough for her. Yeah. I, or maybe not even the Button Club, but I think it's, like, she'll just be doing something a little bit small. She'll be finding that balance between her family and the work, which is, seems to be, like, her running issue. What if Joel buys the gaslight that, off the success of the Button Club? Yeah, I mean, I don't and think... And turns it into a bar. I don't think he can stay at the Button Club. I don't think so either, because once he and May split, like, the Button Club building is owned by her parents. Yeah. And I don't think that they're going to split on, like, terrible terms, but I don't think they're going to split on great terms either. I think that him buying the gaslight would be the perfect arc for him. Me too. Fucking just bombing at the gaslight that first episode and blowing up his whole life because of it. And then not only does he get his whole life back together. He buys the gaslight and is becomes the And has Midge at his side. And that is Midge's home. Yes. And he'll be able to get, like, an actual, like, like alcohol license for the place. <laughs> yes. Finally. In the entire show's run. Finally. <laughs> I don't know. I think that would be, like, a really good way to end it. I think that she, like, I think that if she gives up her fucking impossible dream and just decides to be opening acts for people, it could work. You know, we could see her build up her career, but I don't think that there's enough time in the next season to do that. I think that she might just become more realistic on the whole. Like, but uh, the big problem there is that she wants the stage, right? Yeah. So will that be able to be um, satisfying for a viewer? Because I feel like ultimately so much of the, like, thesis of the show has been, like, despite the fact that she's, like, a quote-unquote housewife, despite the fact that she's a mother, despite the fact that she is not a singer, she can be a woman and be famous in comedy. And I feel like to say she is actually going to give up the stardom and just, like, be a housewife who does comedy on the side is sort of antithetical to what they've built up so far. I don't think it would be a bad ending, necessarily, and I don't think there's anything wrong with choosing that path, but I do think that that is sort of opposed to the way, to the narrative that the show has been building towards so far. That's that's the issue, isn't it, right? Because, like, there has been this conflict the entire time of her not being able to balance her family and the job. And the conflict, as you were saying, is kind of like, so despite all of these things that are holding her back, she still wants to do, like, these, like, become a famous comic, right? So that really does bring in, then, what does she need at the end of the show? Yeah, I think she should be famous and then Joel should be a stay-at-home dad. <laughs> Well, that's why no, it's that's like, a joke. I think he should buy the gaslight. I think that, like, I mean, they have never had an issue with figuring out other ways for the children to be taken care of with both of them out of the house. True. So I don't think that's really going to play a massive role into the decision for either of them. She likes her boxes. She likes to have, like, boundaries. But she won, like, with her face when she stepped on to, like, the stage at Carnegie Hall, mm -hmm. she wants it. She wants it, but she's not willing to do the work to get it. But that, I feel like that's the plot arc of season five. Well, sure. Is to realize that she has to, she, it's not going to fall into her lap. She has to do the shit work to get there if she wants it. And she does want it. Yeah, so that's what I was saying. Like, do, does she get to the stage of Carnegie Hall at the end of season five? I think so. 
I, I want to make it clear. I don't think anything I was saying was say that she wasn't going to stick with it long term. Okay. I think that, like, comedy is still going to be, like, her thing. Like, no matter what, it's just, like, the scale at which she does it, right? Is she going to be performing for, like, everyone? Or is it, like, I think that the last performance of season five is in the gaslight. Maybe. I, that's what I'm trying to say is I think that the gaslight is her home base, right? Even if she does end up, like, going on a tour here and there, I think that, like, the gaslight is where is always going to be home for her. I do I do think we will see one performance on a big stage like the Copa or Carnegie Hall. But I do think I do think maybe the show will end. Like, the last scene of the show is going to be a gaslight. Maybe show. not even a performance. Maybe her just walking out. Maybe something. Maybe the last scene of the show is her walking out on Carnegie Hall. I don't know. It's like, I just feel like the last scene is going to be a performance. The thing about, like, Carnegie Hall, her parents would come see that. And that is something that she really wants is for her parents to accept her. Yeah, and I feel like it's not unlikely that they will make whether or not she stays in the big leagues. Like, of, like, doing Carnegie Hall and, like, national tours or whatever. I think that's going to be ambiguous. I think she will nail it once. I think we will see her make it once to a big stage like Carnegie Hall or the Copa or something like that. And then I think we will end with a gaslight show. And whether which one she sticks with will be left ambiguous. How many episodes are in this next season? Eight? Nine episodes. Okay. That's one more episode than we had this last season. And the episodes are about an hour long each. So do you think that's enough time to get her from rock bottom to the top? Yeah, I think so. I think we've seen her make some big climbs in past seasons. Maybe not quite that big, but if we do a time skip in there somewhere, I think it's possible. I mean, I don't think that she will be the biggest name in comedy in America or anything, mm -hmm. but I think we can get her to one big show. So she makes it, and whether or not she sticks with it is ambiguous, and maybe that's how the show leaves it. I don't think it's going to be ambiguous. No? I I think that, like, if if she wants it so bad that, like... She goes for the big leagues, and she experiences that. I think she's going to stay there. That's fair. It's kind of where I, I land on that. I think her and Joel are going to get back together. Yes. I don't think that that's going to play very much of a role in the comedy at this point. I think he's grown enough that he can handle it. Well, they almost got back together at one point, to the point where she started like falling back into her more toxic habits that she has when she's with a man for a long-term period of time. And it was him not being able to support her comedy that I think still was keeping everything down, right? Yeah. Because he couldn't handle being the butt of the joke on stage. Yeah. So I, I genuinely believe that he's not going to make that mistake again. I think so, too. I think he'll support her. Um, I think a lot of his problems are going to, like, this next season are going to have to do with the button club. So a lot of her stuff is really going to be, like, Susie. Uh, okay, so I think Susie is going to, like, leave her in the dust. And I think Susie's going to be, like, doing stuff with other acts, whether it be that magician or that comedian or Sophie Lennon or somebody else new, you know? I Like, I feel like she's making it. Yeah. And so she's going to make it with or without Midge. So I think there's going to be a whole big thing that's going to happen when Midge has to, like, figure out how to get Susie back. Yeah, to finally, because I feel like, I mean, they've had fights in the past. She takes her for granted. She does take her for granted. And I feel like she's never really had to work to get Susie because Susie is so, so desperate to be, like, to get someone up there. And because Midge for so long was her ticket. And because I think she just gen genuinely care about Midge. Yeah. And she doesn't have a lot of relationships like that. That She was willing to forgive a lot. 
Midge is going to do something that is going to be so hard for Susie. I mean, Midge is already doing something that's so hard for Susie to sort of wrap her head around. Like, Midge is not all Susie has anymore. Yes. Susie has other people. She's got other ways towards success, and she has other people that she cares about. I mean, like, she and the mobster guys are, like, friends. She and her new secretary, uh, the young woman, what is her name? Dinah, I think, maybe? Dinah sounds right. They're getting closer. I mean, Dinah's children are there all the time. Yes, and her new ex she's fairly close with, especially the magician, because <laughs> she, like... The eats crackers. Cookies, first of all. Well, there was, like, a lot of things on that bedspread, <laughs> okay? But the new comic that she just met, they've got a good rapport building, too. They yeah. seem like very similar people. And they obviously respect each other. Or yeah. they're starting to. So I think that, like, Susie's going to have to work. Like, for, not Susie. I think Midge is going to have to work for the first time to really get somebody to believe in her. Yeah. Because, like, Susie, from the very beginning, has been there. Midge, I think, has, this entire time, had everything handed to her. And she's never really had to work to get anything Because done. she's never been alone. She's always had Susie in her corner fighting her fights. And, like... Midge is like, oh, I can get myself these gigs, but she blows them. She always the blows them. The fucking Kennedy gig. Oh my god, she made a what's her fuck cry. Yeah. Like, that's just, no. Okay, no. no. So, I think that, yeah, I think it's going to be really, really bad for Midge. Like, to the point where it's going to be hard to watch. There was some stuff in this, like, this recent season. It was so frustrating. It's just so upsetting. I was so mad at her for so much of the season. Because she just keeps fucking it up. The Kennedy gig was so... That would have been so good for her if she had nailed it. And she was nailing it, and she took it too far. Because she never knows where the line is. And she only really knows where the line is when Susie is there. Yes. And that, that was proven twice now, with the Kennedy gig and with the Apollo gig. Yes. So, yeah, I don't think Midge is going to be able to do it. She just doesn't understand what a manager is supposed to do. Yeah. And I feel like that's because there was a lot of blurred lines because Susie was just trying to make it herself. And they were such good friends, or they are such good friends, that Susie was, like, not always willing to put the hammer down with her. Yeah. But it's going to get messy. Yeah. So I think I think you're right. I think for the first time, Midge is really going to have to earn Susie's loyalty. Do you have any thoughts about the trajectory of the first season? So we think... Uh, obviously it's going to be upwards, right? It's going to end, they start at the very, very bottom. Yeah. And it's going to end with her either at Carnegie Hall or on top of something that is, like, fulfilling for her. Yeah. Right? So that's how the, the season ends. I think her parents have to move out. I don't think they can continue to live together in a way that feels like it makes sense or is satisfying. Okay, so I guess we have to talk about the fucking matchmaker arc again. Yeah. Do you think Rose is going to make enough money from that to buy their apartment? That would be hysterical. I hope so. Because also I think Abe is going to have a field day with that. Yeah, because Abe's the one that fucked it all up. (laughs) So I think it would be really funny if Rose was like, fuck you and your stupid village voice job. And it honestly, it like it feels kind of good and in line with like what the show is trying to say in that women can do big things. Yeah. So yeah, okay. So Rose buys their apartment, they move out. Do you think Joel and Midge will have moved back in together? It's interesting the idea of us ending exactly where we started. (laughs) That's what I'm saying! Like that, I do find that kind of delightful if they do it right. There's a way they do it where it's hugely unsatisfying and you were like, well, what was the point of the past four seasons? But there is also a way that they do it where it feels very like circular and satisfying. So uh, the exact, exactly the way they started in that 
Except better, because he'll own the gaslight, probably. She'll be famous. Yeah. Her parents will accept her as she is and what she wants. Her children will still basically not exist. (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) She'll have a better relationship with her in-laws. She'll have a better relationship with Susie. Because it's like, Susie was like... The girl who's just like, why the hell are you bringing a brisket for this man? Yeah, she was so... Disappointed! I know, but she was so disappointed She had so much contempt for Midge. Yeah. (laughs) And so I like the idea of ending on a place where, like, they are on more equal footing. Midge is, like, the superstar because she's always been the superstar. And they live a life where they don't have to get up after your husband has gone to bed to take your makeup off. Like, where you're... I feel like they'll end up in a place where they're real with each other. Yeah, I want that so bad. play acting the nuclear family. Is there anything else? Like, do we think that there's going to be something, any interesting things in the middle of the season? Do we care? Do we just really want to know how it begins and ends? Like, I mean, the middle of the season is always like crazy shit after crazy shit after crazy shit sort of building us up toward the end point. So it's impossible to say what they will do. They're going to bring Shy Baldwin back. They probably will. I feel like we're going to see his manager. I mean, yeah, we we didn't see Reggie at all. And I feel like we need to see Reggie. Because he got dumped. He got dumped, but not by Shy. Yeah. I mean, by Shy, but Shy was, like, apparent Against it at first and was yeah, talking to it. Yeah, because his new management, like, was... They were like, yeah, he didn't really love the idea, but he came around to it. Which, the way they say that makes me think that... They blackmailed him or something. It was, like, ugly. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that once Midge and Susie have their breakup, that Susie is going to get in touch with him. I feel like there will be some commiseration there. There was some good camaraderie between the two of them. Already, yes. And I feel like that relationship is really important to Susie because that is someone who was, like, had a really genuine close connection to the person that they managed in the way that she does with Midge. I mean, it's not quite the same. It's very similar. Oh, very similar. And so I, mean, I think, it, was like, it was like there were so many parallels. Yes, absolutely. So I feel like when she and Midge are on the outs, that relationship will be very impactful. What do you think is going to happen with Shy? I don't know if he's going to get out of it. Like, I'm worried that Shy's going to die. Me too. I hope they don't kill him off because I'm so sick of watching queer people die on TV. Me too. It's just that he's kind of, his whole life is spiraling out of his control. Like, he has no control. Yeah, and he's... Like, he's a gay man who's been forced to marry a woman. He's a gay black man in the 60s. He can't, like, be out. Yeah. That's just not possible. So I don't, but I also don't want to end the show with him miserable because he is a queer black character on TV. And I feel like that is a demographic that has had enough shitty endings. Like, and we don't need another one. We need less than we have already. Oh, absolutely. And I love him. I think he's a great character. Yeah, and I think his actor is great, and I would just I would like to see good things happen for him in some way. I hope he leaves his wife and gets back together with Reggie, and they make it work however it works for them. Yeah, but I think maybe he should also leave show business because show business doesn't seem to make him happy. No, just because he has a good voice doesn't mean that he needs to be there. I mean, but he like, should retire. Going? <laughs> does he come to Susie? Maybe, maybe he's like I'm trapped and miserable help me because if there's if Susie's good at one thing it's correcting people out of nosedives yeah and I think that at the very least like I don't think Susie's gonna end up long-term being his manager like that just doesn't seem like possible at all to me but I do think that she could pull his ass out of this somehow yeah and get him back together with Reggie who's who's always made him so happy yeah because they're they love each other they grew up together yeah they're best friends. They're best friends. So yeah, I think that that could that could be a potential thing that happens like sometime mid season. Yeah, I would like to see that very much. 
Me too. Because I liked the way that we left Midge and Shy because I was really worried going into season four that she was going to blame him entirely and be like, I didn't fuck up at all. Even though I almost outed you on stage at the Apollo. Yeah, the way that she handled it in that bathroom was actually really good. Really good. good Because she did apologize, which I think was warranted, because she did fuck up. Yeah. And I was worried, because Midge, the way that they write her in the show is so much, she refuses to be the bad guy in so many situations. Yeah, I think both, we both talked about that. The first time we watched it was just like, or when we finished watching season three. Yeah. We were both really concerned about that. That that the narrative was going to set Shy up as a bad guy. Because she was, like, in the wrong. She was. Absolutely. But he was in the wrong with the way he handled it, too. Yeah. Dumping her the way that he did was not cool. They both fucked up. They both fucked up. I mean, obviously, her life wasn't on the line. No, and his was. And so that's totally understandable. And I think that the way that they handled it, where she was sorry for, like, putting him in a very dangerous situation, genuinely, and he obviously seemed to regret the fact that he took sort of their relationship for granted and assumed that she was playing the game when she wasn't and she did care about him and fucked up. Mm-hmm. I like the way that they handled that. Yeah. And the empathy that she had for him in this situation shone through so much. And the way that she handled it afterwards when her team was just like, we'll give him, we'll give you money to keep quiet about this. And she was like, I'm going to keep quiet about this because I told him I would. Yeah. Not because I don't need the money. I was always going to be quiet about it. Yeah. So I think that there, a lot of stuff was handled really well there. And I also appreciate that, like, it seems like a good ending of a relationship for her. I mean, obviously it's like... Shy kind of needs somebody to not be walking away from him right now, but that's not really her problem. Yeah, and also, I don't think she's the person that can help him. No, because she can barely help herself at yes. this point. <laughs> what are the top five things that you need for a good season? Like, end of the season. An end of the show. Um, I don't want Lenny Bruce's death to just sort of happen for plot reasons for Midge. I really need, because it's also, like, the the reason they had sex. Like, he's so much, like, always been, like, this representative ideal of what she wants to be. And, you know, him dying, like, all, like anything that happens to him can be metaphorically applied to her. And I don't just want that. I want something for his character for him, too. I need an actual, like, decent end or conversation or whatever happens between May and Joel, like, I need that to be handled in a way that doesn't just sort of disappear May. I need Susie to get good without Midge for a while. I need Susie to have some story without Midge for a while. And I feel like past seasons have done that. This is not to say that it's not something that doesn't exist. I just need to see it. I need Midge to sort of realize that she needs to have a little bit more humility because she is so selfish. And even at the end of this season, like there has been nothing that has really shown her that how just how bad she is right now. She's just like so in her own world. And even the stuff that like Lenny says, she's I still to her it's not about like humility, it's about like doing the job still and it's just that the like her attitude right now is just kind of bad and I need to see like her sort of get some because of that. I need as little of the matchmaker bullshit as possible. <laughs> so true, Betsy. <laughs>
Okay, what do you need? I need Lenny's death to hurt. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love to suffer. I The worst thing that they could do with Lenny is for his death to be like some throwaway thing that's recovered from very quickly. I need it to hurt and hurt for a long time. I want an ugly cry. I want it to hurt. Because <laughs> I love about it years from now as like one of those moments, you yes. know? Yes. Because, I mean, the deployment of Lenny Bruce in this show has been so spot on the entire time they have used him fucking perfectly in this show the chemistry between them is phenomenal he's an amazing actor the guy that plays him he's just been utilized so well and every scene that he's been in is so memorable like i will not like that scene of them during the tour when they're on the date and they're across the table from each other just looking at each other i can picture that scene so perfectly it was like they were essentially like They they were, like, the only two people in the room. It was a room full of people, like, just crammed full of extras, and the two of them were the only people you could, like, even focus on a little bit. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was unbelievable. I need Midge and Susie to end on good terms. The worst thing that could ever happen is some irrevocable, like, rift in their relationship that they don't come back from. And I do, I do think that they need to be apart because I want them to come back together on equal footing, which I feel like they've never been on before. Yeah, I think they'll be stronger for it. Yeah. I would like a definitive resolution of Shia Baldwin's character that isn't just killing the queer character. Yes. Because I'm so fucking sick of that shit. For real. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't have to be like anything huge, but just something for him where he's not miserable or dead. Yeah. I know, I think so. Like, we don't have to spend that much time with it in order for it to be good. Yeah. Like you said, I need May, if she's exiting the show, which I think is very likely, to exit it on a term that isn't, like, throwaway. I need her to get, like, a resolution that she deserves. It's just a wonderful character in the show. Because she's such a strong character. She's so good. She's so well-written. She's very complex. Mm -hmm. I like that they set her up as, like... It's very similar to Midge, but they're not the same character at all. Like, no. she's so unique. Similar enough to be like, oh, Joel has a type, but not so similar to be like, he only dates one person. Yes. And I think she's gotten so much, like, she's not in the show a lot, but when she's in the show, they really make it count. Like, I think they've given her a lot of development. I, yeah, I love her character. Me too. And so I need, I want her, the end of her character to be satisfying yeah. and to like I want her to be a doctor me too she's gotta be a fucking doctor if Joel and Midge get back together he has got to become the most like wifest of wife guys (laughs) (laughs) he has to treasure her he did not deserve her when they were together the first time and he has to know what he almost fucked up so bad forever yeah yeah because the problem was that he didn't see her as a person after they got married. Yeah. It seems like they were two people until they got married, and then he, she was his wife. Yeah. And not Mitch. Yeah. And so I need... I mean, they've been married for a while. To be fair. <laughs> they've been married legally. Yeah. But if they're going to be married in spirit and not just legally. I, I do think that that has to be... Like, there has to be a difference there. Like, she has to be Mitch. But I think that, like... A lot of that has been sort of building for a while. I think so, too. I need them to pay it off. Yeah. I I need them to convince me of it. That's fair. This has been another episode of Fiction Fan and Otherwise. Uh, Yeah. We'll see you for the next one. Um, As a sneak peek, we may be talking about the report, the Where We Are in TV report for 2022. Oh, that would be so fun.
I, I love breaking down those statistics. It you always do. makes me so mad. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy out here on TV. It really is. Okay. Bye, Bye Mom. Mom. <laughs> that works so much better when we can count down in person. <laughs>